Hey y'all, this is Ryan Monzo, and this is the Talking About Them Cougars podcast from GoCougs.com. I'm joined by Brad Towns, former U of H athlete, and we're going to talk U of H football and U of H basketball. But first, I'm Stuart Gus, official personal injury attorney of U of H Athletics. Cougar athletes have to trust their coaches and teammates, whether it's going for it on fourth down, nailing that three-point shot, or trusting your teammate to hit that walk-off home run. If you've been in an accident, big or small, do not go it alone. You can trust Gus to fight for your maximum recovery. Call 866-TRUST-GUS today. TrustGus.com. Principal Office, Houston, Texas. So how about that football team? That was fun. Whole season of fun. Give me a Yahoo. Come on, Renu. Give it to me. Yahoo! So in the last four games, you've lost three. You won one in overtime because you went for two. You very well could have lost four in a row, but you did get a win at Baylor. At home against Cincinnati, nothing. Embarrassing. You didn't even compete in the game. It, Not at all. The score looks like you competed. but. We know you really didn't compete. Thoughts? It was it was just bad. It was a bad game to watch, even for neutrals. And the worst thing is, is that I actually watched Texas Tech before the game, and that game was terrible. So my entire day of college football was just terrible, terrible football. Um, there was nothing to this game. Once again, hanging a donut coming out of the gate in the first quarter, which has been the common theme of the entire year. Uh, it was, there was zero enthusiasm. It was entirely flat. It was, it just looked like going through the motions top to bottom. At no point did I think that we were even in the game, even when it was 14, seven in my mind, I'm like, Hey, we got them right where we want them. We always play much better in the second half. And you know, Donovan's going to come out firing and he's going to look great. Just like he, he, he always pulls a rabbit out of his hat somewhere. No, it was just bad. Just played the same way. I mean, this, the, um, the win at Baylor was a good result on a bad game. You didn't play well at Baylor. No, you did not. It just so happened that you played the worst team in the conference. Yeah, you have been really bad for 14 quarters. Save one drive at the start of the Texas second half. This has been bad. Mm -hmm. And, you know, you moved the ball in the fourth quarter against UT, but you messed around and, and got refereed. But that happens. Make the yard with no question, and that, that doesn't happen. Exactly. And you didn't I mean, show up you, in Manhattan. It's no, It's no surprise that... After not running a quarterback sneak, we've all of a sudden learned that, hey, we can run a quarterback sneak. I think we've run it like four times since. Amazing. Oh, you've run it way more than that. And then the, the QB draw is out there. I mean, Donovan ran the ball. He was your leading rusher. Or he had 13 attempts against Cincinnati. And what do you have in Baylor? Uh, he had 20 in the Baylor game. Yeah. And he even ran it a little in the Kansas State game. 
mm-hmm. uh, five. So since Texas, it's uh, 38 Russian attempts. Mm-hmm. Which is that good. I mean, I'm odd, I'm, but it's, I'm, yeah. I'm all but for you it. look terrible as an offense. Yeah, the the offense is all over the place. It looks, I don't know, any progress. We lost me and Jack for two games for a concussion. Right. And that's kind of odd, right? I mean, usually it's a seven-day protocol. You lose a guy for a week, and then he's back. This one, it took two. Okay. Well, what's happening there? Golden has been in and out of the lineup. He's now out for good. And Sam Brown has sort of disappeared. Yeah, I mean he had he had a number of catches this last weekend, but five catches for twelve yards. Well, what I'm saying is he got a number. I think he had seven targets or whatever. So it's yeah. not like we're not throwing in the ball. There, we're just not making plays. And yeah. I mean, I, honestly, I would attribute I could attribute a lot of that to defensive reactions and game planning. Like if if yeah. that's that's the other than other than the the physical nature of teams like Texas and and uh, and Kansas State, Kansas State, the biggest difference in moving from the AAC to this level is that by and large you're f- going against coaches who are good. Yeah, they're going against coaches who are good. You're going against coordinators who are pretty good. You're going against staffs that are pretty good, and you're also going against well-funded programs that have the support staff, just like we do. We had more than, than what everybody else had in the AAC. But you have harder working, smarter, better coaches that you're coaching against. And when your tape gets out there, everybody's picking it apart. And so if if I'm a defensive if I'm a defensive uh coordinator, I'm going to make you find somebody but Sammy Brown to beat me because he is really Offensively, he's your only threat. I mean, you can try to run. You can try to run the ball. You just don't have. You just don't have the uh, the horses to do it. I mean, I think Parker Jenkins is a pretty good running back. I think Stacy Sneed's a pretty good running back. But outside right. of outside of your all world left tackle, you really have nothing to open up holes. I mean, you could be the greatest running back in the world, unless you're Barry Sanders. You're not running with a with a terrible offensive line. No. But thankfully, it's going to get much better next year. I'm sure it is. I mean, they're oh, going to wait. have four. They're going to have four openings on the starting at least roster. Yeah. If you go back to Tulsa and Louisiana Lafayette last year, Do okay, what? you've played 12 games in this stretch. Tulsa, ULL, in the 10 games you played this year, when have you looked good? And Sam Houston, in 10 minutes in the UT game, is it? You look good for a second half at Rice. Some people will say you look good at Texas Tech, but you just completely died in special teams and defense. Well, you, you say second half. You mean fourth quarter at Rice. Right. They were driving in the third quarter. didn't score, but yeah, scored 21 in the fourth quarter. So, I mean, you're, there is not much to hang your hat on. No. And I will say the defense has played better the last couple weeks. Now, they've played bad offenses, but they haven't given up Crazy points, crazy yards, anything like that. No, no. Uh, the de- the defense, the it, defense. I think it's forty one points in two weeks. Which well, the the, the thing that mo- that's most interesting to me about the defense is they started making plays in the backfield, but they're still giving up big chunks, big chunks. And then and you get you you get third or fourth in Belk, and then you know all bets are off. 
and fourth and Belk is anything over 10 yards completed, yeah. which happens way too often. Third and fourth downs. Yeah. But the fourth downs are mind blowing. But I mean, what we had, what nine or was it, how many tackles for loss did we have this week against Cincinnati? Five. And we still gave up 200 yards rushing. Is that bad? I don't think it's great. Oh, it's nine. I'm sorry. It's nine TFL. Four sacks, nine TFL against Cincinnati. And you yeah. give up 200 yards rushing. It's still 200 yards rushing. I mean, it's, it's, it's strange. Usually whenever we're making plays in the backfield, we're able to contain and, and really disrupt. But No, they ran it, the ball a lot. So it's not like you were giving up a huge um, average. But, yeah. I mean, they just dominated you. Mm-hmm. And then... Emory Jones and Lichtenberg. That was wild. Uh, you know, I, 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 there's no reason that that program should come in here and win their first Big 12 game. No. In the parking lots, at Fertitta Center, in the stadium, I talked to people, a lot of people. And to a person, they were not enthused about the day. But they were like, yeah, we'll get this win. And then, you know, we need to go win one more. And it was just sort of... Um, it was it was a given that they're going to win today, and then we'll figure it out in the next two weeks. And that's when I was like, "Uh oh!" When I mean, they, they lost they, a game is a surefire win. That's not like the FCS or Sam Houston. Uh oh. Yeah, I mean they, they they let's put it this way: they were gutted in the offseason, losing their head coach, pretty much their entire coaching staff, a lot, a number of their players, good players, hit the portal and left. Their recruiting class was decimated, and then they come in, and then they lose to Miami of Ohio and don't win again. No, they lost. I think seven in a row. They lost seven in a row, and they they the games were close. A lot of the games were close, but they never looked good doing it. It was just hang around, hang around, hang around. And they did not look good Saturday. Okay, it's not like they came in here and played a pretty good game. They did mind blowingly stupid things. And poor play calling and were unable to finish off drives, mm-hmm. but you still were never in the game. And that's, I just don't, I feel like the only person involved in this program that doesn't think there's going to be a change. Writers, fans, even other staffers have come up to me. You know, I had a couple last night come up to me and ask, is it happening? I'm like, oh, oh, I don't know. I don't think so. I am, I'm, uh, mine is a gut instinct. It's not knowledge. It's just how I feel about the situation. And if I'm wrong, that's perfectly fine. Absolutely. I, I just don't, don't think I'm going to be wrong. No. And uh, unfortunately, the, the way U of H does this is they let it linger and let it linger. Mm-hmm. I think Major Applewhite was coming back for a third year until the Army game. They had been talking to Dana, obviously. But um, I think the I think the biggest catalyst on that was the impending the impending loss of Kendall Browles. Once once that happened, because I mean yeah, they, they initially December eighth they initially initially signed First him to an extension. Hard. <laughs> they they signed him to an extension, mm-hmm. and then all of a sudden rumors come out that he's going to be going, and all of a sudden once he goes, then there's no way that you could keep. Apple White, and then there's no re- there's no way you can keep him because that was the one thing that made your product viable, even though it wasn't quality that you saw 
in the wins and losses, although we would probably kill to be eight and four at this time. But the fact that at least, at least they were entertaining. There was some ugly football, but at least they were entertaining. 48-42 game is so much more fun than these 14-17, I mean, oh, 41 nothing. I mean, it's been hard to watch at times. It's been hard to watch pretty much at all times. We'll get a, a nice explosive quarter every now and then. Yeah. And I mean, half, and let's put it this way. Half, half, the, half the games have been three points or less in a quarter. So is that bad? I don't think it's good. I'm new to football. I don't think, I don't think that's a positive thing oh, to okay. be shut out or held to a field goal. Yeah. Hm. I guess that ship has sailed. Ships do have a tendency to sail. Yeah. So unfortunately ours hit an iceberg. Well, icebergs happen. You can never see them coming. I mean, they just sneak up on you. But hey, you know, we're 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 playing horseshoes and hand grenades. So as long as we're close, you know, that's that's all that counts. I would love to say good job, good effort, but I even question the effort. There are times that the effort seems to be lacking. Well, too many times we're seeing that things are being overlooked or we're overlooking an opponent or certain opponents didn't make sense to us. Um, when you combine questionable effort, questionable want to, questionable talent, you end up with a team like this. I would love to say it's bipolar, but it's never good enough. There's no, on there's the no good other side. polar. <laughs> it's never good enough on the good side to say, oh, there's highs and lows. No, there's lows. And then there's medium height. You go from being three foot tall to five foot nine. Hmm. When was the last time a U of H running back scored a touchdown on the ground? Um, Seems like a trick question that seems like a trick question. The the fact that you're asking me this worries me. Worries me. Um, Played 10 games. Shoot. I don't know. I'm I'm kind of afraid to hear this answer. Number four, Sam Houston state was the last time a running back scored a touchdown on the ground. That can't be right. So everything's been through the air or a either a scramble or... A um, Donovan? What? After that four seems... games, Parker Jenkins had three touchdowns. Stacy Sneed had one touchdown. That's after four games. After 10 games, Parker Jenkins has three touchdowns. Stacy Sneed has one touchdown. That's insane. You would think with our dedication to ground and pound, we might actually have some production out of it. Or running back touchdowns in the rushing game. So you're telling me the only rushing touchdowns we've had this year from running backs is against Rice? Three, three in the Sam Houston. Houston game, and then the one against Rice from running backs. Donovan has scored, I believe, five times. How crazy is that? That is... Dedicated to the run, committed to the run, putting a ring on the run's finger. Wow. Now that you put it like that. I know it's hard to digest, but it's true. Hmm. Commitment to the rushing game. 96th in the country in time of possession. What are you in rushing? 105 or something? Something bad. It ain't great. It's not good when you go to the NCAA stats and you always know that you go to the last page to look for what you you want. Oh, no. I just immediately click show 130. Or 
you can just turn them upside down. You know, they'll rate it one down. You turn it upside down too. Yeah. Another nifty trick. Maybe some people aren't using. So we're number 80 in total offense. That doesn't sound great. Rushing well, offense, 104. Total offense, total offense is one of those weird things. I really don't put a lot of value in yards. nobody's Zero. A Who cares? But the fact that our scoring offense is 85th, <clears throat> yeah, um, our 24.1 scoring average is lower than Major Applewhite's first year here. The one that the offense that we, we knew was terrible was horrendous. Yeah. Well, guess what? I mean, obviously, you're playing different teams, and and that has to be taken into account. But yeah, I mean, it's 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 not like your scoring was great against Rice and Sam Houston and UTSA in in regulation. I mean, I believe our twenty four point one scoring average is um, would be worst. really good in the Big Twelve, Big Ten West. Oh, it'd be exceptional in the Big Ten West. Yeah. But, but it's, we're not playing it's there. the lowest. It's the lowest average we've had since the last Dana. Or no, no. I think I think Art Browles in year two when we had that when we just fell off a cliff in conference. But that would game. be two thousand. That would be two thousand and four. Yeah, that was a pretty bad year. In conference only games, you're averaging twenty point seven points. You're giving up thirty five points. Is that good? I would say that that is objectively not good. In in terms of total offense, you're 13th in the country, 35 yards behind 12th. Hold on, say what? Uh, <clears throat> in the country or in the conference? In the, in the conference, I apologize. Okay. This is all conference numbers. You're 13th in the league, 35 yards behind number 12, Baylor. 160 wow. yards, 160 yards a game less than OU. You've had you've averaged two touchdowns a game less than OU's offense. Hmm. On the defense, you're uh, giving up 435 yards, and that's only because the last two weeks have been pretty good. Um, you've given up 30 touchdowns, which is tied for the worst in the conference with Baylor. You're not even 12th or 13th in rushing in this conference. BYU and Baylor are below you, and you're 10th in rush defense, which you know, okay, you're hmm. middle of the road in passing on both sides. You're middle of the road in offensive efficiency. You're dead last in defensive efficiency. <laughs> you know, this is weird. This is this surprises me. You're second in the conference in conference only games, second in sacks, one behind UT, and you're uh dead last in INTs with three in the league. So well, that's yeah. that's the 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 weirdest thing is is that you know, Donovan Smith statistically pretty decent. Yeah. I mean, in comparison to the Big 12, he's number two in yards, um, further down in efficiency, number six in yeah. efficiency, but also number three in touchdowns. Sammy Brown is number two in receiving yards per game. Um, only three touchdowns, but, you know. Where do you think U of H's red zone offense? Um, I would say dead last. DFL, you're correct. And time of possession. That's the that's the mind numbing stat <clears throat> time of possession because you know our entire entire identity over the last few years is commitment to the run game. We want to be we want to be a ball control team. We want to keep the defense off the field. You have to protect this defense. You have to protect this defense. Well, here we are 
basically kneecapping ourselves to protect the defense. It's not even working. I mean, last year we held the ball. We held the ball long, more than our than our uh, opponents, but the defense was still terrible. Do you know why we're getting killed? What the problem is? Teams are declining so many penalties on our offense. <laughs> like Ruben Unijay, he has like a penalty and a half per game that's declined because yeah. the result of the play was so bad that they don't want to give us another another opportunity. And I just I think well, they I mean, need to stop have... doing that to give U of H a chance to run more clock. Uh, yeah, I mean you you can take a you can take a uh, you can take a ten yard hold or you could take the seven yard sack. Yeah. It seems like the hold comes along with a big play. Yeah. But I mean, you know, statistically we've got individuals who are who are performing well. I mean, Nelson Caesar's leading the league in sacks. You got the one of the best left tackles in the entire country. He missed a game, by the way. Caesar? Yeah. Nine and a half sacks in nine games. That ain't bad. That's a good average. That's pretty dang good. Yeah. I, I, I would take that. I will take that. It's taken. Now, of course, we don't have anybody defending passes or well, intercepting passes. You know. But, I mean, that's the weird thing is we've got, we've got some bright individuals, bright spots in individuals, but the collective is just overall bad. Yeah. Both sides of the ball. And I frankly, mean, I, I shudder, I shudder to think. Too. I shudder to think of how this offensive line will look without Patrick Paul out there. That's a scary. It's a scary thought because I mean he's That's about as scary. rock solid you're, as you could possibly be. You're going to start spring practice most likely in late February, so you'll see it in three months. Well, we don't do much in spring. Remember? Well, I mean, there's no point because they're all the offensive line is all coming in June, right? So most likely. They got to yeah. see if they're going to be second or third string or other place. Yeah. yeah. The important part, the most important part, is that we can transition to basketball. Yes. And we'll do that right after this 15 second commercial from Gus Injury Lawyers. I'm Stuart Gus, official personal injury attorney of U of H Athletics. As you know, a great quarterback wins championships. If you've been injured in an auto accident, big or small, you can trust Gus to quarterback your case. Call 866-TRUST-GUS today. Principal Office, Houston, Texas. And now we're back and ready to talk basketball. U of H coming off a big win against Stetson. Looked kind of ugly early. And then all of a, a sudden, bit. all of a sudden, they uh, flipped the switch and remembered that, oh, yeah, we, we're we're University of Houston. Um, how much of a breath of fresh air is it to watch this team? It just seems, this might sound kind of crazy. But this seems like a more of a throwback type of team. Explain. Um, we're always defensive first, but there's a lot more guys diving all over the court. Um, it seems to be a little more energy. Um, and I don't know. It, it seems like to me that there's more guys fighting for positions on the floor. See, last year was a little bit of an anomaly. Is that although we had a lot of new bodies coming in, a lot of, a lot of gr- new groups, to uh to kind of bring into the fold you pretty much had your starting lineup set because you were going to be starting Tremont Mark Marcus Sasser Jamal mm-hmm. Shedd mm-hmm. and Jarris Walker yeah and then the question is okay who do you, who are you going to put it at center and you know that was that was most like most of the time it was going to be J1 um, but this year 
I think you've got pretty much set that Jamal's going to be out there. Yeah. Cryer's going to be out there and Roberts. But outside of that, there's a lot of there's a lot of different ways you can go with that. And also, I, I think it's going to be it's really intriguing to me to see the different kind of uh, matchups that we're able to to run through. Um, the different combinations of players that we're able to put out on the floor. And that's very impressive because right now you're running out 10 to 12 different combinations in they're all between like three and 6% of playing time, you know, on the floor together. And that's, that's different. And usually, you know, there's one or two groupings that you're going to see for the majority of the time. And you haven't seen that yet Mm -hmm. because of the depth. And there are pieces that Kelvin sort of sees as interchangeable, Damian Dunn and Emmanuel Sharp. Mm-hmm. People think Dunn's defense is better, but he had some issues later in the game uh, against Stetson. Mm-hmm. And they're going to take Jamal off the floor more and more. The first two games, he got two quick fouls, and so his time was limited. Right. In the Stetson game, he played more minutes, but it wasn't the crazy number he played last year. Right. You know, he was, he was playing 34, 35 plus minutes. Mm-hmm. And by the end of the year, that wears you out. Oh, this yeah. year against a much more physical league, you have to be, you can't have him playing that many minutes. And that's why LJ is important. And Malik Wilson is important. Mm-hmm. They can both run the offense, you know, Seeing LJ on the floor without Jamal is the most fascinating thing to me. How is he running the show? Right. And when Malik comes in and do it, does it, it looks way different. It's yeah. kind of fun, but it looks different. Mm-hmm. And you're going to keep seeing that. I, I think they're going to just experiment all the way through the non-conference. And maybe by the time you get to A&M, you're going to start seeing more um, kind of set lineups, kind of set pairings but you've got at least a month of of seeing some different things yeah and i like it i like i like that how we can mix and match a lot of different guys to give a different kind of look i mean when when you put when you put tugler out there and if you, oh. if you got ramon walker out there at the same time you got two guys who are just going to bring a ton of energy and if a ball even is remotely close to being loose, those guys are going to be causing chaos. Throw Jamal in there too with that. I mean, you got you got guys who are going to get after it. Yeah. Um, I think I can see where we're going to, we, we're probably going to find some matchup difficulties from either big guards or big guys down low, but we can also counter. We're not going to be able to go strength for strength in that regards. We're going to be able to counter going small but going small for us only means small height these guys have unbelievable length and can cover a lot more ground so even if you go small you're going to have trouble getting the ball into big guys and that's one thing that i I think has kind of stood out defensively in these first three games is they're not letting people get into the paint near as much and that's a good thing because if you can get to the paint then you bring everybody to you, and then all of a sudden the wings are wide open, um, and then you get uncontested shots, which we struggled with a little bit at times last year. Everyone's going to struggle against an uncontested shot. So, well, I mean, struggle at keeping guys out of the paint. Yeah, but uh, and you know this team can play; they can play really ugly. I mean, that's yeah. 
it's I mean, it's not a it's not an overly pretty style, but that's just not that's not U of H and Kelvin Sampson basketball. I mean, we're going to cause turnovers. We're going to cause chaos. We're going to cause a lot of energy to be spent on the floor. We're going to work you from baseline to baseline and make you work on offense as hard as you're going to have to work on defense. And you just eventually just gut the other team. And then you combine that with this team being able to get to the line, not so much, not as much last night, but the first two nights over 30, over 30 free throws, um, you know, that's going to pay off. That's going to pay off huge down the line because of course you always want to get the free throws. You want those free shots. But for me, most importantly, it's, I want to, I want my team to start racking up fouls on the other team and get guys off the floor. Cause if you can do that, you can control the matchup game because you eliminate their options. It's just a lot of fun. It's, it's a lot of fun and even more fun after having to watch that other crap that we talked about earlier. Well, it's uh, the things I'm looking for are completely different than the things I'm looking for from football. Right. I like seeing growth and we're seeing it with six different people on this team. Where you're not, I don't, I mean, who is growing on football? Nelson Caesar and uh, Patrick Paul. I don't, but he's been this, he hasn't grown. He's just been steady. Right. And who has gotten better? I think Nelson Caesar has as the year has gone on. Right. Um, but you're seeing LJ Choir shot it a little better, his defense a little better. Yeah. Javier Francis is 200 miles ahead of where he was. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Emmanuel Sharp is, is, he didn't have a very good shooting day yesterday. Um, but he did some different things. He had five rebounds. Yay. Uh, Malik Wilson. You didn't expect that last year. His shot looks different. Malik uh, Wilson's got a presence about him. Uh-huh. I agree with that. Um, Ramon Walker, his shot looks way different. God, I texted you that during the game. I was like, man, did you see his shot looks completely different? Yeah. I've probably it, seen him shoot for an hour and a half or so this preseason and paying attention to him because it doesn't look like that mechanism, whatever he had going on. Yeah. Um, he had, he had some kind of weird hitch. It, it just yeah. didn't, it didn't, he smoothed it out this year. Um, he looks a lot better. I mean, he still brings and the thing is he still brings the same intensity that he always brings and he's going to make, yeah. he's going to make plays. They're not always, they're not going to be, they're probably not going to be highlight real scores, but they're right. going to be doing making plays. The winning. And they're not even in the box score. He's affecting shots because of his. I mean, havoc is a word. I don't know if it's the right word, but when he's guarding you, he, he's all legs and arms. Yeah, and so the the passing lanes aren't there. Right. And so it, it changes what it it's not, doesn't necessarily turn into a turnover or anything like that, but it changes the offense and it changes the flow of the offense. Yeah. Uh, and I then Joseph Tugler. Mm. The bet, the best thing I can say, and it, it's the highest, it sounds weird, but it's the highest compliment I can pay to somebody like Ramon Walker is that they're so annoying to play against. Yes. They are so annoying to play against because they don't look great, but they they keep you off your rhythm. They push you where you don't want to go. They won't let you go where you want to go. And they're always in your face. And they're always 
touching you and just annoying you and just just like a mosquito that never leaves. Yeah. And so it, it gets in it gets in your head a little bit. And then on top of that, he's gonna go. He's gonna go make a steal. He's gonna he's gonna dive for a loose ball. He's gonna get a jump ball. He's gonna get a nasty rebound. Um, he's gonna fight for for every second he's on the floor, and he's never gonna let up. And with if he's my opponent, that annoys the hell out of me. Yeah. There's a reason. But on my team, he's a guy I love. The guys love playing with him on the floor because of what he does and what he means, mm-hmm. and. It's the same way with Ramon Walker, you know, they are, you can almost put them in their own little pod. The shot was weird. The shot is better now. They Mm -hmm. cause havoc. They are all about just disrupting. Yeah. And they're not going to be big offensive guys. Malik did score 11 points. He was five of six shooting uh, against that sin, but that's not, I mean, you're not counting on that. And Tugler is the same way. Man, I love that guy. I am all in for Joe Joe Tugler. I was talking to Kellen Sampson before the game, and he told me that, and then Kelvin brought this up in the post game that JoJo's been dealing with a bit of a strained back. Nothing major, but he clashed with said lot in a in a scrimmage kind of situation. Yeah. I mean, that's like a lot running, of person get, like getting run over by a Brinks truck. Yeah, that's not who I would want to clash with. But and so he's just uncomfortable. Um, but Kelvin Kellen said he plays with no clutter in his mind. Right. Which I like. I can see that. He's just playing basketball and he doesn't overthink things. He's a great passer from the low post, which is a really nice thing to see. I thought he's done some really nice things of kicking it out, getting it to open guys on the perimeter. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I want to see his continued maturity. Right. This weekend will be interesting. He's first road games and it's they're neutral, but you know, getting away from his comforts. Let's see what he does. Right. Active bank games. Hasn't done that. Let's see what he, what he has to do. Mm-hmm. Um, and then maybe you play, a pretty good uh, on Sunday. You could play well, a pretty like, good one on, on Friday, Utah, Wake Forest. I like that um, we had a quick turnaround and we saw good productivity and we saw some improvement for some guys who had, who had might have struggled in different areas yeah. of the game. But Tugler, he's a guy that when I was watching, when they went to Australia, I was up early to watch the streams. And as soon as he came in the, came in the game, the first thing I thought was, uh-oh, this guy, this guy's going to be fun because he never stopped moving. He never slowed down. He was always around the ball. He was always looking to make a play and he was effective doing it. So he seems, I don't know, it's, it's going to be, it's going to be interesting. I think he's kind of got that Dennis Rodman about him. Mm-hmm. Playing on the edge. A of, too early to put him there. No, 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 he just, he just plays on the edge of being out of control and intense. He's right on that edge where some nights he's going to be really good. Some nights he's not going to be as good. Some nights he might foul out in five minutes, but I'll take it. You can always dial somebody back. You can't dial many people up. Yeah. I haven't seen that component the on the edge as much as what you're describing, but I'll look at it. We'll see. This, this also goes back to seeing Australia. I've seen a few games now. Yeah. Okay. 
but there's a there's a lot to like about this team and a lot of it's going to be fun to watch kind of the chess moves of, of where each guy is going to be playing, how many different combinations we can come up with, which ones, which combinations work well, which ones gel the most, um, and guys stepping into new roles. That's going to be the fun of, of watching this. And I'm already seeing early signs of, of quality. Yeah. I liked it. I liked that Damian Dunn and Malik Wilson can hit mid-range jumpers. I know it's old school, but the old school Rolando Blackman, you know, 15 footer, 12 footer, those are nice. Because in this game, those are open. Yeah. Those are open. And with the way way players cover out to try to get to the three point line, those are going to get a lot of foul calls. I agree with that. Uh, U of H went on a 17 0 run in the first half (laughs) and only allowed one. Stetson field goal attempt during that time. How does I mean, that that's virtually impossible. But the intensity in which they played, they just flipped it on. It was 6-2, Stetson up. They had hit, I think, two three-pointers. Mm-hmm. And then it just happened. Yeah. And all of a sudden, you're like, oh. Sh-. And so I went looking, like, did that, did they, when did they make it? Did they even take a shot? And they did, one. Yeah. And that's wild. Mm-hmm. And then the second half, I, you know, math started going off in my head and I was like, uh oh, they're getting close to 100 points for the year. And it, it took 105 minutes for teams to score 100 points on U of H. And that's not what you'd hope for. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, I mean, at one point, <laughs> at one point, they jumped out. What was it? They jumped out 6 2. And then they, they scored, they got to 9. And it seemed like they stayed at nine forever. Yeah, they did. And 16. They were there forever. Uh, so through three games and an exhibition, the exhibition team has scored the most points. Pembroke, right. I think, scored, what, 51, 54? I'm looking. Oh, no, they scored 47, so I totally lied. All right. Well, that was fun. <laughs> but, okay, so if you do your four... Three games in Pembroke, 47, 31, 50, 48. That's pretty good. Pretty, pretty, pretty good. And, you know, we'll see how this goes. You have Towson Thursday night, 530. And then you'll play, if you win that, which you better win that. Mm -hmm. You'll play the winner of Utah and Wake Forest on Friday night. And if you win that, you play uh, Sunday evening, I believe. That'd be good. Yeah, let, let's check. Let me double check real quick. Uh, championship game, 7.30 Sunday night. You know, the semifinal, oh, that would be at 3.30 on Friday night. Friday night. 3.30 Friday uh, night. Yeah, Friday I afternoon. Guess, I guess the sun, you know sun goes down early. Yeah, it's East Coast. The sun goes down weird. <laughs> you never know with those people. I guess that's it. Basketball, fine. Very good. Fun to watch. Football, in soon. And it's it's sad to say because I just I always look yeah I spend from January to September looking to football can't wait for it to start and now it's and then by the third week in September you're like all right when's the basketball when's basketball come yeah so thank you Kelvin for giving me um, something else to look forward to um, because to if we for. didn't have this then it would be golly it would be a dark winter how many times has football come out unprepared. I, I, uh, I don't UTSA, have that many, 
I don't have that many fingers and toes. So why don't you just say how many times do they come out prepared? Texas be, Tech. It's easy to offensively. Have, it's much easier to use very small numbers that I can. So count Texas on. Tech is the only game you have come out and scored a touchdown in the first drive. You kicked two field goals right before that. TCU and Sam Houston, if I recall, and then you've punted every game in the opening drive since then. But beyond the first drive, like feeling good about yourself in the first quarter, it's just, mm. but Dana alternately says, I felt good. I feel like we're we're ready. I feel like the guys are ready to go. We're going to come out strong. And then he says, well, I don't know how you can know that, but uh, you know, you could write a book and retire if you knew that. So talking out of both sides of his mouth again, I guess you're the score did not reflect how bad that game was. The Paul that was over the game because of the wreck early that morning and killed three U of H former U of H football players and a young woman and a homeless man and the driver of the other vehicle, the drunk driver. It, it really did. It was cloudy and cool and it, it lowered the temperature and it, it, it just put a, a, just a horrible feeling over that entire stadium. It felt that way for Tita as well. But once the ball kicked off, it was just about how bad that program is. And a lot of people think that it's, it's gonna, a change is going to be made maybe as soon as this Sunday. I don't, but I'm happy to be wrong. I just, I'm not, I, I used to have a belief that changes would be made when it was obvious to be made. And between Alvin Brooks and Kim Helton and James Dickey and Roy McCa- uh, Ray McCallum and Tony Levine and, you know, the list goes on. I just haven't seen it, you know, Todd, Rainer, uh, I don't see it. And so uh, it's hard for me to get my belief to get there. Thanks for watching or listening, I guess. You don't watch this. We're part of the Dave Campbell's Texas Football Republic of Football Podcast Network. We're brought to you by Gus Injury Lawyers. You're going to hear about them. I love Gus and I love Renu. Take me home, Renu. Take me home. Yahoo! I'm Stuart Gus, official personal injury attorney of U of H Athletics. If you've been injured in an auto accident, big or small, who you have on your team matters. You can trust Gus to get you the best possible results for your case. Call 866-TRUST-GUS.